Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to have a tete-a-tete vis-a-vis our reason de toi. Surprise! It's grunt work. This is my philosophy. Many tool men got to learn. I'm not flammable, but I burn. So please start grunting before I get wrecked. Because that's just what grunt work collects. <laughs> See, what do you expect when you grunt like a soft punk? You walk down the street and get pumped up listening to grunt work. I know the only I do. podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that shrinks on a couch, but not in the wash. Ooh. <laughs> I'm your host, Landon. <laughs> Houston, we have a propane, Solano, <laughs> joined always by my co-host, Truman, Holiday Road, caps. I'm so glad that you went through all of the different modulations on road in there. I was afraid you were going to half-ass it and not do all of no. I, like, I was tracing them with my finger in the air. Went, that's, that's what Truman, you get on ground work. It's season seven, baby. We are here. I'm. We're hurtling toward the end. This yeah, is it. Yeah, it's, we are. We're the barbecue coming in for a landing. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, we are. We are going to splash down and and much like much like uh, it happening right as Tim and Jill turn their backs and walk away, no one will notice. <laughs> yeah, people All people will notice say. a stench in the air, but they won't they won't see it happen. All of that to say that I'm not I'm not going to leave out modulations. I'm not going to leave them on the table. The end is in sight, sir. I am here to bring all of what I can give. We're no, we're pulling out all the stops. I fully agree. Like we're you know with with the end in sight, and after everything we've yeah. been through, this is the time for bullshit is over. The first six seasons of the show, <laughs> no more time. That for was bullshit. the bullshit. Yeah, no, we don't have any time to waste. We don't have any time. Uh, we don't have any time for bullshit. Seven seasons. Seven seasons. And I would expect that most of this season, uh, we are going to spend talking about this new theme song. Oh, my God. (laughs) Folks, I don't know if we're even going to talk about the episode because we finally got our new theme song. And it, it, um, I don't know, dude. There is fodder for episodes to come. I, I will say that. I, I like like going into it. We've Landon and I have had discussions about maybe there's ways that we can like streamline the episodes and not talk for two hours about a 22 minute TV show. And then I'm watching this episode, and we get to the opening credits, and I'm like, every episode of Grunt Work will be five hours long now. There's no way around it. I can't stop it. Landon can't stop it. There's too much material to discuss. The theme song alone. <laughs> the theme song alone. I mean, it collapses. Six seasons into one. Uh, listen, I'm getting ahead of our yeah, we, I, I, we are. We're going we we to talk about it when the time comes. But, <sighs> sir, the time has come now for our new Chalupa Challenge. Yes. We we tested the waters last season. And guess what? Those waters, they're... they're they're skin, salty. skin temperature. They're very they're salty. <laughs> they're salty, for sure. You float in them, for sure. A L- lot of dead they're, crabs they're in there. <laughs> they're warm to the touch, which yeah. means that we are going to continue forward with our new Chalupa Challenge game, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse Rules. Yes. So I have written a secret word. And Truman, if you say it at any point during this episode, our listeners, our patrons, 
will will get uh, the chalupa equivalent of chalupas. <laughs> chalupa equivalent? What what is what, what are you talking about, Landon? <laughs> Something to the equivalent of chalupas. We haven't figured out what the prize is yet. But, okay, so uh, you're, you're uh, playing for an as-yet-to-be-determined prize, so everyone get yes. really excited about that. <laughs> I'm... I'm um, I'm just holding off on, I'm trying to remember if I made this joke last season, but I guess yeah. it's been a month since we recorded, so I don't know. Uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse Rules is my preferred alternative to the Cider House Rules. <laughs> uh, Michael Kane puts in such a weird performance as the chair. <laughs> no, he, he would be the pterodactyl. He would... no, I, no, absolutely, absolutely. But who would be Cowboy Curtis? Lawrence Fishburne. Still Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, okay. Still Lawrence okay. Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. The dude's, dude's legit. You're dude's not going to replace Larry. Yeah, yeah. It's Morpheus. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so, so what do we I do have on this to, podcast? Well, I'm going to... I have to get. I have to let everyone know what the secret yes. word is. Oh, yes. We tell everyone get, about the secret it, word. Gotta, yep. We got to yep. do this. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna put Truman on mute. Yep. He won't be able to hear me. I will not. listeners will. Yes. All right. So, Truman, you are now going on mute. Boop. Can you hear me? Truman can't hear me. Very good. The secret word this week is Sartre, as in Jean-Paul Sartre, the philosopher. Okay, back to Truman. Are you there? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I was on mute for a very long time. How long is it wasn't the word? That long. It felt like a long time to be standing here alone holding a microphone. I had I had to introduce people to the concept of what the word was. So. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude, you're stacking the deck against me already. This is even harder than the I, last game. I don't I don't want you to get it right away, but I think there's a chance. I do think there's a chance. I wouldn't do that to our listeners. I wouldn't come up with an impossible word. I Would, think that we have a chance at getting this word this week. Wouldn't you be so pissed if I got it right away? Because, like, when I finally I would, got it. I would ask I, you to re-edit the episode again. <laughs> And I would, I would say no, no, thank you, sir. I, I'm one and done on these. I'm just saying, I when I beat the last game, you had to invent a whole new game. If I if I turned out to yep. be good at this game, you'd have to invent another game. Uh, you know, you'd just be the game master. Anyone, anyone who listens to our nights episodes will know that I'm a bit of a a game master. Uh, well, I, well, I, I, I master I like a game apprentice. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. You're, Very you're, simple game. Your games hold up better than my games. Um, but look, the real the real game that we play here is talking about the TV series Home Improvement. And yes, and this gets serious. I'm I'm putting my serious face on now. Yes, I, I as am I as am I. I've never been more serious mm-hmm. than I have been now. Um, guys, it's a new season of Home Improvement, and I, I guess seven. should I should I just segue straight into talking about what happened this week on Home Improvement? Do you, would you Truman, like that? Did, did Did you watch an episode of Home Improvement this week? <laughs> no, and no, Landon. I'm just I am just vibing off of the concept of Home Improvement. That's why I was saying all those things about the opening credits. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just was lying well, awake thinking about Tim Allen's career in general, mm-hmm, not based off mm-hmm. of any specific media I've consumed recently. I I do that a lot too, uh, so I, I I empathize with you. But yes. Um, if you did, if you had to guess at what the first episode of season seven was, what would you say happened? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but I think I would probably say something like, in the season seven premiere of Home Improvement, the Taylors are heading up to their cabin at the lake for some rest and relaxation. M-dash. But Tim 
is acting strange, period. He's using $5 words like vis-a-vis and quid pro quo while dropping constant hints about some big surprise he has in store for the family. Mm. Meanwhile, a newly single Brad is despondent over the loss of his lady love Angela, while Mark has begun dressing in all black. (laughs) After some lighthearted... Landon? Sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you were done. No, I wasn't. I was pausing because I wanted. To, I was trying to decide if I wanted to do an aside about how the thing I've been waiting for for like <laughs> six seasons is finally happening. <laughs> After some lighthearted lakeside shenanigans, Tim reveals his surprise. He's going to buy the rundown lodge by the lake and renovate it so they can all move up there and run it together as a family. Interesting. Interesting. Fascinating. Um... Wow, you pulled something out of that that I didn't pick up on, and I'm the, wondering the if main it's plot me point or of you. the episode. Wait, which thing did you? <laughs> I didn't get the I, I didn't get the sense that he was buying the lodge to work there. I thought they were buying it to live there. Oh, okay. See, here's the thing, Landon, is that I yeah. def uh, you you're probably right. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Yours, I, you make more sense though I mean like why ooh. buy a, a house that has a front desk in it <laughs> like my, no because very much yes mine was I saw I like Tim threw that out there as a thing that was going to happen and everyone I, like I for me I was like as soon as he said I want to buy this place and renovate it in my head I immediately went to what would be the what would be an awesome change of pace for the last two seasons of the show if they if it suddenly becomes a show about them running a like lakeside cabin <laughs> rental property? What if they completely change what the show is about for no goddamn reason? I got very excited about that. You're right. That may not have been Tim's intent, but I'm saying if the show went ahead with Tim actually doing that, that would be yeah. the way that the show works is just like, oh no, Brad has to clean the rooms. How did he fuck this up? Oh no, Randy well, fell in love with the new cute girl who's staying here with her family from California and, you know, shenanigans. We are touching on a personal reflection, which we'll get to in a minute, but yes. uh, there's a very important thing that we do before that, which is yes. uh, the moment where you slowly calm yourself. You you go into a meditative state yes. so that you can pull out the finest creative answers to the... Uh, the what is wrong? What? You set me up for failure with this shit. You talk about it like I'm going to do something good right now. Patricia Richardson might be listening to this episode. You're setting it up like Truman's going to do something no, beautiful and perfect right now. No one listening to this episode. I don't know if you know this, but I have made up every single person. When we do our live shows, it's me on 18 different devices putting questions into the chat. Nobody I, listens to this. I, 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 Landon, I respect you for buying that many different laptops and uh, internet <laughs> connections to get that doll. I guess you can have multiple laptops on the same internet connection and make it look like multiple people are there. Okay. I have three titles. I have three Guess that title. Guess that title. I'm, I'm going to. Okay. Okay. First option. Number one. First one. Lodging complaints. Bada bing. I love it. Thank you. Number two, life's a beach. Because they're at a lakeside uh, cabin. There's a lot of scenes on a beach. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Tim is kind of going through a bitch of a time. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah it's uh, about life. It fits. I, don't, I just don't like the phrase. 
<laughs> I know, I know, I get it. I don't, I don't even like the phrase, but you're gonna <laughs> having, like the last having one. Having vacationed a little too much in Florida growing up, like I, I've been to the Shell Factory and have seen life's a beach made out of shells. Oh, one yeah. too many times. Anyone who has uh, rented a uh, property near a body of water has seen every possible combination. Like, I I went through so many ideas for titles for this episode that are just things that I have seen printed on pillows or wall hangings at properties my family (laughs) rents by the water. Uh, Except for this last one, which is fully original. Serious face. Serious face. Let's get physics, Al. You fucking God. okay. Look, look. I look. thought I thought we would be Al free for once. What? No. Why would you think that? Why would you ever think that I wouldn't take the cheapest, most immediately usable? Like, no. There, there, there are a lot of jokes about Tim uh-huh. wanting to be a physicist, and There's Al two. is the name of a character on this show. There's and, really one, and they repeat it twice. And your co-host is incredibly lazy. And does not want to put extra effort into coming up okay. with potential titles for the show. And it's a reference to an Olivia Newton-John song, and you know I love Olivia Newton-John. So, uh... Fair. Okay. Yeah, I rest my case. The defense rests. <laughs> uh, well, that's why <laughs> we take you to test, because you're always resting. I'm, I'm going to um, get disbarred, let's be honest, in grunt work. Uh, so there's nothing riding on this anymore. Should I give you a clue or should I just tell you what it is? Yeah, give me you, a clue. Let me choice. fuck let me fuck up a thing. You know, it's it's fun. People at home will have fun listening to me not getting it right. <laughs> Shares a name with a nineteen eighty one really bizarre film. Um Oh that's okay. Pos- Possession? No, that's a 1980 film, which is a bizarre film. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I was off by a year on really bizarre movies. Oh, la di da. (laughs) No, I'm saying it was a good guess because it is thematically kind of similar. Uh, Less Lovecraftian octopus creatures, but um, Mm. Mm. I'm trying to think of um, Roger Ebert loved it. It starred okay, dude. a really early performance of Ron Perlman. I and I'm not sure that there's any dialogue in it. Uh, okay. Uh, then I guess um, the artist. Obviously, it's called the artist. <laughs> it's called Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire. That has so little to do. With I mean I get why they called it that, but that that is that has so little to do with what the episode's about. They really named the episode based <laughs> on the cold open. Like it's there's a frame story about fire that kind of surrounds. Well, I, actually, I, that that's the last thing I thought. I actually didn't think about that until you said it just now. I do. I mean, because Quest for Fire, at least the movie, the movie is, here's the the IMDb logline. This story takes place in prehistoric time when three tribesmen search for a new fire source. And it is about, (laughs) um, it it is kind of a philosophical look at the nature of man and what he will do with his life, I guess. Mm. You know, like Mm. how do you find purpose in your life, that sort of thing. Um, If you want to get allegorical about it. Al... Legorical about oh, it? Oh, God. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> I fire? Duh. That was my quest. <laughs> bitch. Sorry. You're rehired. 
Okay, okay. <laughs> Hired the Mystery Science Theater 2000 short that they showed before Manos? Okay. Um, that's, uh, I mean, that's a pretty deep title choice for home improvement. I give that a, I give that a solid B plus just off of respect for them going that obscure. Yeah, I do too. I, I actually think it's a pretty good, um, pretty good title. Okay, but Landon, it's, uh, it, 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 I think it thematically fits. Yeah, but, yes, thematically fits. But yeah, but the time for bullshit is over. Landon, what do you what, what do you feel about this episode? What do you think of this episode that we watched? I, you normally try to beat me to it, but I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> you are so over eager that you forgot what we do on this episode, <laughs> this show, after doing it for four years. Well, yeah, but um, we also haven't done it for like a month, and my I have true, the memory okay. of a goldfish. Wait, what <laughs> else do we do fire. on the show? Quest for Fire broadcast on September 23rd, 1997, oh. directed by Andrew Sow, written by Bruce Ferber and Lloyd Garver. Truman, how did you feel about this episode? Like, okay, you know, the reason that I never remember that we do this is that is my that is my 15-second vacation. I go to Barbados in my head, uh, you know, uh, Aruba, Bahama, come on, pretty mama, etc. I am just totally not listening. Uh, oh, man. I think that as a... As a standalone episode of Home Improvement, this is not super strong. It, the a story of the episode is pretty much just, eh, they go to the lake and some shenanigans happen and mm-hmm. Tim has an idea that they're not going to do and Tim's upset. But as <laughs> a season premiere... That, that, that's a nutshell. That, that is, I mean, that's... I nutshell. mean, it might be like a discarded pistachio nutshell, but yeah, it's, it's still a nutshell. It, it is It is one of the many ground-up peanut shells cast onto the floor of a Texas barbecue joint that serves you shelled peanuts as an appetizer in lieu of bread. Um, but, but that doesn't really... Like, I think this is an excellent, excellent season premiere because this episode... Mm. On every level, from the from the opening credits eh, to Tim's entire storyline in the episode, is all about the fact that that the basic that, that things are changing in the Taylor family's yeah. lives. Th- this episode capitalizes on the fact that the boys have grown up in front of our eyes, yeah. and it, and yeah. and it just kind of acknowledges that yeah, things are changing. This family is changing. The boys are growing up, and Tim has noticed that as well. And in the same way that we as viewers are kind of saying, oh, wow, everyone's so old now. The show's been on so long now. We've watched so much of this show. This episode kind of says, Tim has noticed that as well, and Tim, as a resident of this world, is kind of uncomfortable about it, and this episode is about him dealing with his feelings about it. And yeah, so, yeah. so it's a great season premiere. It kind of sets up the chessboard for a new season of Home Improvement, and it kind of sets up the suggestion that... Uh, a theme in this season is going to be Tim and Jill dealing with the fact that the boys are older and about to move out of the house. And my only other reflection, ref- my only other reflection is that uh, Zachary Ty Bryan is crushing it. He is smashing it. He is squishing it <laughs> down into its component parts. He is f- he fucking rules. I think I like him more than Jonathan Taylor Thomas at this point, and I'm not afraid to say it. Wow. Okay, that was a good uh, two and a half minutes. Um. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You asked me. I didn't realize there was a fucking time limit. Is that what we're doing in season seven now? I can't. I can't talk at length about things. God. Okay. Well, okay. Landon, I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm. I'm not going to time you no. when I ask you what did you think of Here's this episode. The thing. I I started a new job between seasons, and I have made it a. I think podcasting has given me a bad, <laughs> a bad habit of just interjecting. <laughs> At every turn, and so I've made a concerted effort to just shut up and listen. 
<laughs> and I think in the middle of that, I got too intent on listening to what you were saying that I forgot to say anything. <laughs> I I mean, I kind of went into a fugue state when I was saying it, so I don't even remember what I said, <laughs> even now. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, well, you, you touched on almost every note that I had, uh, every reflection that I... We are reflecting the same thing. We oh. are two mirrors pointed at each other, <laughs> uh, <laughs> reflecting each other into infinity. That's what this podcast is. It's infinity <laughs> in audio form. Uh, I... Okay, so what I was kind of alluding to earlier is that location episodes always kind of weird me out. I know that we mm-hmm. covered them on a night's episode recently. Yes. Um, I don't think we've had one. I mean, I guess we kind of did back in season, was it four or five? I think it was, it was the beginning five. of season five. I think, yeah, when, when they when they go the reunion. up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or no, the wedding, not the reunion. Right, yes, yeah, right. Jill's cousin's wedding or something like that. Yeah. Um, which, but this one had a different energy to it. I don't know exactly what it was, but it felt weird. It mm-hmm. felt there was just something in the DNA of this episode that felt like things were changing. That it just it it felt different than the previous seasons, and I I'm having a hard time defining why. It might be because I watched this one a little bit differently than normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I'm a little hesitant to say this, but. This is the first time that I've watched <laughs> an episode on my couch since uh, you and I w- used to watch it together. Where the fuck were you watching them before? All these other times, I assumed you were watching them on the couch. I well, no, actually, I've been watching uh, at my desk. Okay, I. All right. Well, I guess that's acceptable. I watched this one in my desk chair in my office. But oh, oh, okay, okay. So that did, did that change it for you in a in a big way? Did the, do you get a different vibe from the show when you're not when you don't have extra seating space on either side of your ass? <laughs> well, I mean, it was um, you know I got to see it on the bigger screen. I also took notes a little bit differently, so I got to like watch the episode mm. instead of like scrutinizing the episode. And I think that poised me to like it a little bit. You know, engage with it in the way that it was made to be. <laughs> that's the. That's that's really the secret to this podcast. You just don't have to pay that much attention to the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the location stuff kind of weirded me out, but um, it had a, a different energy, and I really liked how it positioned each of the characters for new storylines this season. I, yes. I'm really excited. Like, it, no st- stone left unturned, I guess maybe except for Al, but he got his stone turned last season, so... Uh, mm. <laughs> Uh, but you know, like even with Mark, I, it was like, wow, okay, they're and now listen, shots fired. They they have staked their their claim that Mark is going to be given some attention to this season. If they don't follow through on this, I am going to be a mad boy. I I mean I mean the fashion choices are are like <laughs> they're putting it out there like as soon as as soon as Jill is commenting on the fact that Mark is only wearing black I leapt out of my seat and I was like the thing Landon has been promising me forever finally <laughs> at last um the only other note I have uh is that the show keeps surprising me with like new dimensions to not only like the Taylor family but also Tim and Jill's relationship mm-hmm. um like every time I'm like, okay, so we got two seasons left. It's just going to be kind of a rehash of the same problems or the same dynamics that we've seen between them before. And every time, I mean, it's not totally divorced from what they've done before, but there is just slight little nuances that go in different directions that I haven't seen before. And, you know, 
this episode surprised me in in those ways as well. Not not big surprises, but little surprises. And it kind of gave me hope that I'm like, oh, there's still some some juice left in the show. Yeah, I mean, well, and I I would, and maybe we'll hit this later on, but I would say that this is an episode where I'm not crazy about how Tim is behaving, but I feel like Jill more adeptly defends herself and the right point of view than ever before on this show and says basically all the things I wanted to say to Tim, and that was kind of <laughs> cathartic for me to see to see yeah. my exact viewpoint being spoken to Tim by someone in the show. Uh, but I think that... Yeah, Tim is being a little. I, I, I had a note later on that we'll get to. Is like, why are you being so loud, Tim? You're yes. so loud right now. It just <laughs> felt like he was screaming every line he said. But, um, I this is the type of Tim where I that I can tolerate because it based it in an actual problem he was having mm-hmm. and like gave reason for it outside yes. of just like being put out. And yes. So I thought it was kind of interesting how they they dived into that. But you know what? Let's pack our bags. Hop on the old Highway 23 heading westbound toward the deep dive and dive into it ourselves. Landon, I'm going to trust that, that that Highway 23 is a real highway in Michigan that goes to wherever the hell they shot this because uh, uh, that's <laughs> I would expect nothing less from you. It, it, it might go to where they went to, yeah. It, it does not go westbound. It's a north-south road, but I felt like westbound westbound gave more mythological connotations of heading out west, so I used That's good. And, you know, and that kind of uh, uh, literary dimension is really what you come to grunt work for. <laughs> I took poetic license with a highway. Give me some slack. Look, Landon, life is a highway, so you can take as much poetic license as you want. So uh, this episode of Home Improvement starts on tool time. and As on, many do. As many do. It's, it's a, a tale as old as tool time, is that we usually start with tool time. Uh, but this week on tool time, it's barbecue week. And, uh, you know, Heidi comes in, followed by the grunt creep bouncing down the, uh, down the aisle between the, uh, the, the audience members. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. The grunt creep was a little horny this week. I think he was, had a little too much sugar and was chasing after uh, Heidi like uh, Harpo Marx. Oh, 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 okay, so so the sugar didn't make him horny. He was already horny, and the sugar just gave him the energy to be two two separate things. Yes. Okay. He, yeah. No. He is he is definitely very. He's in an excited state, primarily in terms of the amount of energy he has. I don't know how you can tell that the grunt creep is horny if like the the eye on improvement. Never mind. Uh, uh, but so it's barbecue week on tool time tim and al come out they explain that they're going to be talking about barbecues all the best ways to uh, barbecue and uh mm-hmm. you know they introduce they've got a uh, super ritzy fancy barbecue there it's kind of like the man's kitchen equivalent of a barbecue that i think al I says think that it wasn't yes well but it seems like a mini version of the man's something because it's a thirty-five thousand dollar barbecue that has, among other things, it's got a dishwasher in it. It's got, uh, you know, like multiple different settings for gas and whatever else. It's even got a hibachi chef inside of it. And you push oh, a God. button and a <laughs> Japanese guy with a couple of knives pops out uh, from inside of it. And uh, so, you know, they, they clown around about these barbecues for a second. But then uh, Tim announces that the real thing that they want to talk about today is the fact that they're going to try and beat the world record for how quickly you can ignite charcoal briquettes. Because I guess some guy in Indiana was able to do it in three seconds and set a record. And Tim wants to top that, uh, just like in Team uh, Teen Witch. 
So they go outside. Where I was, I was just trying to think of the how the melody of that went, and I couldn't you're, come you're up. You're just with it. trying to think of all the words to the rap from Teen Witch. You, you can, well, this isn't a visual medium, but I was bopping back and forth as if I was about to rap, and I, I couldn't come up with the words. You're just trying to get the flow, but you could you couldn't find it. <laughs> Uh, uh, your your knees were weak. I had the flow. I didn't have the rhyme. Yeah, that's 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 exactly. You, you lost yourself. Uh, but <laughs> they go outside where there is a little uh, little uh, Weber grill, and Tim uses some rocket fuel to try and ignite the uh, charcoals as fast as possible, and he is able to ignite them in two point six seconds. Uh, but then, oops, side effect. That means that the barbecue uh launches off into orbit, flames shooting out from underneath <laughs> it, and we get a weird shot of Tim, Allen, Heidi definitely looking at a green screen as the uh, barbecue flies off into space. I, I'm going to say I don't think there was a green screen. You don't uh, think there was a green I, screen? I, no, I think it was just animated. I think they were just looking at the sky. I think this is a little before green screen technology, especially uh, on location green screen technology, um, <sighs> and especially especially for TVs. TV shows, uh, I don't think that technology existed just yet because um, I don't know if you notice it. I, okay, listen, I'm, I'm bringing new energy to this season. New. Uh, I'm new. noticing details in the background. Yeah. Oh, you? You? Background <laughs> Me. details? Me. Landon? Wow, okay. When when they, uh, when they Heidi introduces Barbecue Week mm-hmm. and Al kind of goes, that's right, uh, we're talking barbecues this week, and he points to the banner at the back of the tool time set. It says Barbecue Week and two big plumes of smoke come out the sides of it mm-hmm. um those were animated <laughs> yeah i know i okay i noticed that and that definitely was yeah yeah i'm noticing details too we can both notice details uh but no it, 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 <laughs> it very my much, lane <laughs> you're right i'm sorry okay you're right i didn't notice that they looked like practical effects landon what were they were animated please tell me more <laughs> uh i know something you didn't notice though is <laughs> the calendar oh, is the same calendar okay listen yeah no keep it going two, keep it going just, just get there are two over calendars with. in this episode oh, i'm boy. gonna for for you german i'm gonna fold both calendars into one comment oh i get i get twice is, as much pain in one moment as opposed to distributing the pain okay cool which is to say they are recycling their calendars it's the same calendar uh order that they went in last season those so sons they just of bitches. flip the same calendar back to september and uh, it's Heidi with her arms outstretched in front of the Tool Time logo. Heads and are going to roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, they will. <laughs> the calendar at home is also the, it's like a, a, a one of the mill shots. So um, I think the calendar segment might be dead. Yeah. There's nothing to comment on. It's the same thing over and over. Oh, really? Oh, okay. That's, that's why the calendar Unless... segment might be dead? <laughs> Unless... It's a commentary on the cyclical nature of our days and routines and how we get trapped and how things never seem to change, thus highlighting the uh, the struggle that Tim is going through in this episode, that well, nothing look, ever changes and he needs to enact a change in his life. Well, I mean, I, like, what would be what would make a better commentary on the cyclical nature of our lives than a calendar, which literally chronicles our progression from January back around to January every single year? I, Precisely shows deeper than we give it credit for, or at least deeper than most people give it credit for. Um, <laughs> I have a few comments I, about this scene. I have a few comments about this scene too. Why, why don't you go first about what we learned during Barbecue Week on Tool Time? 
a they're hitting it hard that it's a new season. I mm-hmm. mean, this is oh, the yes. beginning of this episode where like I, I they're intentionally hitting us with like things are new, things yeah. are changing. Yep. And there's something weird about Tim's performance, Tim Taylor's performance on Tool Time that was like a little off. I mean, yes, he's like waxing philosophical. Philosoph- <laughs> Jesus. Keep, no, keep going. I believe in Good. you. Landon. 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 He's waxing Landon. philosophical. Landon. Woo! Woo! Over and over and over again. But he's putting these like long pauses between his his lines and his jokes that I'm like, he just, something feels weird. Something mm-hmm. feels a little, it's like his timing's off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the timing of a man who is thinking about his timing on Earth. Mm. Yeah, see, mm. it's all everything's playing together like a, a well tuned Christopher Nolan movie. Um, great. What do you got? Great. <laughs> so, okay, first thing I noticed, and I think this is very important to the uh, 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 themes of the show uh, and yep. and mm-hmm. and of this episode in particular. Uh, as, you know, Heidi introduces, you know, welcome to a brand new season of Tool Time. And as she's walking down, we get a shot from behind her showing Tim and Al walking out and the camera crew yep. bringing the cameras in around them. One of the camera operators is a woman and she's wearing high heels. And I'm just thinking, wow. I mean, I don't know. Well, like, I'm if gonna... like, like if they're not like, I'm not saying they're stiletto heels or anything, but she's absolutely wearing heels to do camera operating work and it's just like that is oh, shit, not you're right that's not super practical footwear and again i'm not not far be it for me to criticize what clothes a woman chooses <laughs> to wear to do her job i'm just thinking if i was right. camera operating i wouldn't want to have to contend with trying to balance on heels so uh <laughs> fucking ginger rogers shit right there doing all of fred astaire's stuff but backwards in heels <laughs> yeah while her feet are bleeding <laughs> uh yes um i mean the other thing is that you know th- there's it's just interesting. They do this whole thing about barbecue week, and they yeah. have the the super ritzy barbecue that they've that they've built that has the cook inside it. And I that definitely feels Not like a. a... <laughs> they, well, they did the joke before, right? I mean, they've done literally the man in the box joke. Yes. The wit- yes. And I think it might even be the same actor. He's not. Uh, credited on IMDb, but they did it with the the fireman, the home fireman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, that's true. That's true. And they also did the same with the uh, with the the butcher who lives inside the man's kitchen, and I feel like the bartender who lives inside the man's gym. Well, the butcher turned out to be Benny. <laughs> okay, the butcher did turn, but but the the concept of a human being who is your personal <laughs> right, property. <yes>. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. But the other thing is that the, so they're showing off this this you know apparently the the most highfalutin barbecue of all time that has the built-in dishwasher. The dishwasher that's built in looks like shit. It looks like it came from like even for even for the late nineties. It's like this looks really old. This is older than the dishwasher in my apartment, and that's an old dishwasher. It looks like it was recycled out of the parts from the robot in one of those Rocky movies. I can't remember yeah. which Rocky movie. Yeah, it was that was. Rocky Four where the yeah they got the robot <laughs> driver. It just it looks so bad. It's the sort of thing. yes, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I am just saying I wouldn't pay like thirty five thousand dollars for this uh, for this grill. <laughs> Um, uh, well, most of that's going, going to the hibachi chef's, uh, salary. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I guess I can get behind trapping a man forever inside of your cooking appliance if he's being well paid. If it's a union job, fine. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, the yeah, other note, uh, when Tim yeah. goes out back, 
he says that he's, he's got the rocket fuel that he's going to be using to ignite the charcoal, and he says, rocket fuel is made with locks, and I'm not talking about no bagel, bagel baby. And I'm, I, I earmarked that as well and tried to think of a comment <laughs> to make on it, and I couldn't. But it's there, and it needs to be addressed. Could it be? Could it be that this is our first Austin Powers reference on home improvement? I would have done the research, but I would have then had to learn the name of the episode, and I didn't want to compromise I, our I game. If, I might give it to you if he didn't do a Sammy Davis Jr. impression last season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, if Austin Powers was blowing up at this point, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't put it past Tim Allen to try and capitalize on that, too. I mean, the former governor Fair. of Wisconsin... I mean, he, he, the former governor of Wisconsin dressed up as Austin Powers for Halloween, like, four days ago in the year of our Lord 2021. So it's not that hard for me to believe that Tim Allen would reference it in the year that the movie came out. Well, I'll say this. If it is, he he doesn't go at it very hard. <laughs> I, I'm he, I, says, he says baby in kind of a, a slight... Lilt. I mean, it's barely an Austin Powers impression. I I agree. I agree. It's barely an Austin Powers impression. I'm just saying, if this if things continue on the trajectory, I think that they will. I feel like this is the first of many, and we like I might start counting Austin Powers impressions in addition to grunts because I feel like the <laughs> Venn diagram of sh- I don't maybe it's not a Venn diagram analogy. I'm just saying, if ever there was a show that was going to run with Austin graph? Powers references, pie chart. Uh, it's it's definitely a pie chart. Okay, a uh, pie chart of shows that would do Austin Powers references in the year Austin Powers came out, and most of the pie chart is Home Improvement, and the rest of it is Friends. I Frasier. guess. Yeah, Fra- yeah. Well, actually, Frasier was- does it. Yeah, there is no. Okay, true, true. Uh, Frasier's dad loves Austin Powers. <laughs> One more reason he is the best cop ever. Okay, so. Um, yeah, so no, that's, that's the, that's the, oh, the only other thing I've got for this sequence is that, uh, yeah. Tim is wearing a, they all, when they all go out there to light the rocket fuel, uh, charcoal, uh, they're <laughs> yeah. all wearing reflective flame retardant, uh, clothes, and Tim has a fireman helmet on, and if you look closely <laughs> at the helmet, it says, like, like, in the places where it would say the name of the fire department, it says, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, TTFD. Yes. Tim Taylor Fire Department. Definitely not the one I want to be a first responder. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like that's a beautiful reference to the Timbo helmet all the way back to season one. So again, this... <laughs> that would be good. Uh, yeah, it's, it, this season is all about uh, the past and the future. <laughs> uh, it's. I keep having to remind myself. So I'm, I'm looking at the scene right now of them on the outside of Tool Time. Like... I've been on the studio a lot, but I've walked by this exact place before, mm-hmm. uh, and that is hard for me to reconcile <laughs> in my head. I stood on the spot where the Tool Time barbecue launched into space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't feel you didn't feel like the the ghosts of history coursing through your blood. You didn't. You didn't. I didn't feel, feel no. I, I still smelt the jet fuel though. <laughs> I that's why I thought it was green screened because that. Like the, them looking up into the sky, you see like pine trees around them and shit. And I know there's none of that around where they filmed that. So that's why I assumed it was a green screen situation. 
here's a okay. So here's my last note for this scene is uh, remind me. I don't remember what the line is, but basically when he's talking about I have a way to ignite these char the charcoal faster than anything. I got this tip from I want to say it was NASA. It could have been someone else. It was NASA, but was it NASA? Okay, yeah. so which holds because he met the crew of the Endeavor. Yes. Um. Okay, I think he is putting evidence out there. Tim Taylor is like covering his tracks for whatever this weird obsession with jet fuel is that he has. Because he clearly had jet fuel in his basement before he met anyone from NASA. We all remember that. We all remember that big tub of jet fuel back in season one. So he didn't get this from NASA. He got this from his basement. <laughs> yeah, no, he got this from his jet fuel dealer. He's got a Halloween guy. He's got a jet fuel guy. Um, only other thing, uh, do we want to say, you know, on the, the background of the barbecues inside the Tool Time studio, lots of barbecue sauce, but no baby rays. No. Yeah. So we know Zuckerberg's not a fan. <laughs> um, okay. What do we, what do we go on to next? We go from this strange satellite barbecue, uh, into the theme song. We transition with a, a smoke plume. Yeah. The theme song and get ready for a two hour episode. Yeah. Folks. No, get ready for a two-hour segment of our episode, followed by the remaining hour of our episode about the rest of the plot. Oh, my God. The new credits are here. Um, I, I mean... Do You're you, speechless. Do, I, I'm, I'm without speech. Do you want to go first? I, I mean... I have notes, but I, I want... I also want to parse out over the upcoming episodes uh, what's going on here. Sure. Um, I want to... Here's what I want to do. <laughs> I don't even know what I want to do. I want to I want to pick out specific details that we mm-hmm. can focus on in each episode moving okay. forward. Okay, maybe That's we can start with a with a general overview and pick out one detail, which I already texted you. <laughs> Wait. Um. So. Oh yes. We yes. get a new we we get a new theme song. Yes. And there are some changes that are interesting. Um, oh, it's yes. a less rocky tune, don't you it's, think? It, it's much more minimalistic and more fluty in a way. It's 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 odd. Oh, I picked up more on the guitar. Uh, like but it, it, it feels, was more it feels of a kind guitar of, solo. But it feels kind of like almost unplugged. I don't know. It felt it felt mm-hmm. like there, it felt like there was just less orchestration to the theme song. There is. Uh, IMDb tells us, even though you can tell yourself if you have a pair of ears, that. Uh, there are less tool sound effects in this version of the mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's a little less built out. I Again, this is just a microcosm of, we assumed when we started the show would get gruntier and more insane as it went on. And instead, in every regard, they seem to be pulling back on the core aspects of the show. Less grunting, <laughs> less tool sounds. What's next? Less Tim? Maybe? Who knows? Maybe? Who knows? Um, okay, another big change is that there's a little jumble in the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we get Debbie Dunning. Yes. She gets a credit card, finally. Mm-hmm. At last. Uh, and I noticed, too, that she had more screen time during the Tool Time segment. She yeah. was on screen almost as much as Tim and Al were. She's in the background, like, doing bits. They're talking about how Ancient yep. Man had to rub sticks together to make a fire, and she's rubbing two sticks together as a visual uh, uh, illustration of that. Like, yeah. yeah. She's out there with them when he lights it on fire. So, like, fingers crossed, we get more Heidi stories this season. God willing. <laughs> Here's the other big change is that uh, Richard Karn, in the previous seasons, oh boy, uh, his credit card, <laughs> his, his 
title card. Yeah, yeah. You see, you keep saying credit card, and I'm thinking like, yes, yeah, so they can, they can, you know, get get airline miles every time they appear. Um, we should for for how many mileage we get out of each episode. Yes, <laughs> I I would I would be flying around the world at this point. I would be uh, Adam Sandler and Punch Drunk Love with the amount of miles I would have. <laughs> and our episodes are about as nutritious as putting um more deep cuts for the cards. pta heads out there okay so go on uh, title <laughs> cards yes karn used to come before the boys now karn comes after the boys mm-hmm. no i'm sorry Let's flip it reverse it karn used to come after the boys now karn comes before the boys and jtt gets an and credit Yes, yes, because yes, he is because he, he's ascended to a level of uh, stardom that kind of surpasses the rest. He's reached George Wendt levels. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, or or Martin Sheen on the West Wing levels to kind of uh, the 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 dignity and uh, a kind of respectability of the and after your name, yes, or before your name. So we'll we'll go into more details about this theme song in the future, but there are. It's more montage yes. Um, in the past. And I want to, I, I sent you this text. I want to, that's, that's the detail I want to mm-hmm. focus on this week. Uh, of of you Richard Karn. You, you could pick the detail next week. So there are, with each title card, there's kind of like flashes of uh, Debbie Dunning, Richard Karn uh, doing like poses. Yeah, like they're snapshots they're and publicity photos almost. Yeah. And then they kind of come together in a, a montage, uh, I'm sorry, a collage behind them as they get their title card. Yeah. And so <laughs> it happens so fast, I don't think anyone was ever intended to see the details of what these flash snapshots were. Except I, us. Except us exclusive. So I texted you one of the lower right-hand corner of Richard Karn. Yep. I just want you to describe it. Okay, so what we've got here is Richard Karn in a pair of like khaki shorts and a belt Wearing a flannel shirt, unbuttoned 80% of the way, with like an axe over his shoulder, standing in a wooded environment. It's not bare-chested, but he's on the road to being bare-chested. He is... (laughs) Bare-chested is the next exit, and his turn signal is on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, But he's got an axe slung over one shoulder, and it's standing out in the woods, almost as though he was in the midst of looking for a grunt work favorite Bigfoot, and and got sidetracked by having to pose for a beefcake photo. It's... But it is... It's a beefcake photo, for sure. Oh, it's beefy. His pose isn't like, you know, a lumberjack or Paul Bunyan or anything. He's not like just standing broad shouldered with the with the axe, you know, hanging on him. He's like he's like leaning forward. It's like an action pose. It's it's like, oh, I didn't see you there. But so long as we're out here alone, why don't you come join me for a glass of what would Al drink? Maple Maple, well, I don't know. He's, he's Maybe, in the woods. I was thinking maple syrup. But. You got a glass of ginger ale? Because uh, uh, we, we know that Al doesn't drink, I guess, now at least. Yeah, it's a very... Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying. I'm looking at this, and I'm trying to decide if they if they 90s Photoshopped that or if or if they went out to the woods for a beautiful day to take a bunch of photos of Richard Karn for the opening credits. Uh, I hope the latter. I... The, look, the only other thing that I would say about the opening credits, uh, you know, it, because we have so much to discuss and so much to preserve, is that, uh, like, that I think is germane to this episode, is that when each of the, 
when each of the boys is on screen, the background behind them is black and white footage of their younger selves from previous, previous... iterations of the opening yep. credits, which, A, feels as though, more so than ever, as though the show is being made specifically for me and Landon by people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, I, but so it's so each each you know new adult version of the boy has the older versions behind that we remember from previous seasons and then at the end yeah. of it when the family is standing together we first see the original iteration of the tailors from seasons like 1 through 3 then see the second iteration of the older tailors seasons 3 through 6 and then they are supplanted at last by the modern tailors so the show the like the opening credits is very much driving home the point these people are changing they are growing up before our eyes you've been with us for a while I am snapping each time I make one of these points. If you're hearing that in the background, that's what that is. Uh, and and yeah, this world has changed. I, that, another snap for that. That, they, that this is, change is happening before your very eyes. And you have been with these people for quite some time. So this these opening credits feel like a tribute to people who have been watching the show closely. A.K.A. Yes. the two of us and no one else. <laughs> who are the only two people talking and listening to the show anymore because we are nearing one hour and we haven't even started the episode. Oh, God, we were going to be faster. Okay, so <laughs> coming back from the opening credits, uh, we get yes. uh, we get back home where two grown-ass men, oh, wait, I mean Randy and Brad, uh, Mark, Mark and Randy, dollar in the jar, are watching Tool Time, and uh, they... Um, you know they're they're finishing up this episode as Jill is kind of hassling them to get packed up and get ready because the whole family is going up to the lake uh for you know some vacation time Jill is yep. upset that Mark has only packed black clothes in his bag and uh Tim comes home as Jill sends the boys upstairs to finish packing and get other stuff for the car he talks about how he's done a lot of soul searching he's bought a new power soaker and how his the barbecue grill that they launched into the air was recently spotted over roswell um <laughs> take some pride in that yes yes you, you should be happy because that did not seem physically possible that your barbecue would do that <laughs> um brad comes home despondent with the bad news that angela has broken up with him for a dude who has a better car and uh which would, would you say he's lamenting I would say he's lamenting that. Folks, get ready, because uh, lament work is back uh, with a vengeance. <laughs> and uh, he, so he is, he is lamenting that he is too sad to come on the trip, but uh, Tim insists that he come along and, and join them. And uh, Tim tells everyone that he's also got a great big surprise planned for everyone. And uh, that's, you know, kind of an incentive for everyone to get their shit packed and get in the car because he's got some huge, big, unbelievable surprise. And uh, that is the end of the scene. So, yeah. What, uh, what you got? So what I jumped some about? Yeah. Well, let's start. I'm going to start at the end of the scene and work my way backward. Um, when he says he's got a big surprise, <laughs> Brad comes out and says, <laughs> this is the only line of the episode I wrote because I think it was the funniest. Um, <clears throat> he says, seeing Angela is the only surprise that'll make me happy. <laughs> Tim goes, okay, hit number one. The surprise won't make Brad happy. Without without question, the funniest line in the episode. I totally agree. <laughs> I wrote that one down um, as well. Okay, background detail. Actually, it's a foreground detail. Um, I'm changing it up a little bit. The scene starts with uh, Randy and Mark watching Tool Time. A, why? <laughs> um, they never do B, that. On the top of the TV, 
I okay. I I specifically pulled out an, uh the names this time because I want to give uh Jeannie Gunn and David Sakharov props. They do the production design and the set decoration. They, they do the props for the episode. <laughs> well, the sets. Uh, I guess props might fall under that. I'm not sure. Um, the on top of the TV, you'll never guess what's there. Is it Shawnzilla? No, oh, it's okay. two video cassettes. <gasps> Wait, Bayonet Hell and <laughs> is one even of them better. Bayonet Hell? No, it's even better. There are two how-to videos. One is how to make tables, and the other is how to make shelves by, yes, Hitchcock. What? Oh, my <laughs> God. That is a deep cut. That is a season... Was that season six or season five deep cut to Al's video? I think that was season five. Yeah, oh it was, my God. that was last season. Well done. The mythology of this show is deeper than Game of Thrones sometimes. That's really good. <laughs> Uh, indeed. Here's my other note. This is the one that, that predominates the scene because it, this is the busy work that they're doing while they're having the conversation. Jill is, so she's harping on the boys to, you know, start packing. Mark starts packing all his black now. Yay. Yay. Was my only note for that. Yay. Um, while she's harping on them, she's packing the food and mm. she is packing so friggin' much food. <laughs> she packs Four boxes of cereal, uh, two boxes of rice, one box of graham crackers, sugar, crackers, cookies, two jars of Pringles. <laughs> I mean, but look at these boys, though. These are furnaces. Sure. These guys, these these kids eat so much, clearly. I mean, look at Brad. Brad is taller than most buildings I've seen in my life. He needs a lot of nourishment. <laughs> oh, man. Um, fair point. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't have teenage boys, so I can't say that. Uh, no, uh, mercifully, neither, neither do I. Yeah, the the. I don't know. The only other thing, I, I guess, the the thing that is worth mentioning is that is that during this scene, everyone is mentioning that Tim has been acting very strange lately. That and Jill yeah. says that he woke her up last night to talk about existentialism vis-a-vis tool time, and, and used the term vis-a-vis. And then also had this great revelation coming out of the bathroom that if a man flushes a toilet and no one is around to notice, did it really flush? So right. just keep keep that in mind that these are the, that Tim is Tim is behaving uncharacteristically these days. Uh, indeed, and I was just looking this up in November eighteenth, nineteen ninety six. Tim Allen published his second book called oh. "I'm Not Really Here." Oh boy, which is not it's a it's more of a philosophy book than it is a. Uh, autobiography Mm -hmm. uh it says he takes a look at men in midlife their relationship to wives children friends and the universe god and why it's so tough to get a good night's sleep um so i'm wondering if that's just kind of like uh like they're trying to dip back into where tim allen is as a performer since the show's based on him and be like okay well this is where the show started as the you know primitive man character where is that primitive man character now, uh, so that we can take that through the rest of the show? Yeah. So the yeah. So the show started off being based on the comedy of Tim Allen. It has then, to its credit, gravitated away from that and gotten better. And now they're trying to gravitate back towards the comedy of Tim Allen as it is at this point in his career, in book form. Uh, maybe I'm just, I'm just speculating. Ba- I mean, it, based it's... on the books of Tim Allen, <laughs> the many writings of Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> um. Anything else for that scene? No, nope, that's all I got for that scene. The Taylors are going on vacation, and Brad is the sad. Taylors, 
that is so true. We get uh, trees wiping the screen, taking us to uh, 80 yard shots of the this. I always want to call it a Studebaker. It's not it's, a Studebaker. It's, I think the it's nomad. the Rambler. The nomad. The nomad. That's it. It's the nomad. Yeah, as the the nomad's going through the countryside and pulls up to a cabin, they're all kind of chattering away about the surprise that Tim has. Um, they get out and start stretching. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what what you take better notes <laughs> narratively? What what else happens in the scene? Uh, really, I mean, it's just it, it's it's. First, it's just very jarring to me that like, oh, they this this is them outside, like exterior yeah. shots, new sets, whatever. Uh, well, the no, exterior this is not stuff really makes me feel weird. It, it, it is always odd, and to see it this soon in the season, it's like, oh wow, they're making a statement. Yeah. Uh, biggest notes from this: Jill wearing overalls again. We've all talked about that. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> she's she's pulling she's pulling the uh, Pam Anderson over, overhaul over, oh, overalls. True. No, she's overall shorts. O- she's yeah. overhauled uh, the overalls and and cut most <laughs> of the legs off them. Uh, but they, yeah. So it's just them outside. Uh, the the big note from this: a Tim, Tim has picked up a new catchphrase that I don't like, and I'm scared that it keeps coming back. Which is Tim oh, going no. nanner nanner nanner, which is <laughs> listen it, to me. It's better than <laughs> I maybe. But I'm not sure. Like, I don't even remember the context of what he says nanner, nanner, nanner to. It must be something about how fast he got up there or something. But I just, just, it's not, just don't. It's just, it's a weird whiny tone. I don't like it. Don't do that, Tim. Grunt. Why don't you grunt some more? That's the thing the show is here for. Come on. Um, (laughs) They're kind of getting situated in this cabin, right? Yes. And And he says, he makes reference to a quid, he says vis-a-vis and quid pro quo, one after another. And the whole family says in unison, quid pro quo. Quid pro quo? Yeah. Uh, But yes, they go inside to get unpacked. (laughs) Tim is still being mysterious about the surprise and what the surprise is. Yes. Um, and we get this, the sense that they've been to this cabin before. It's uh, Jill says as they're walking in, oh, everything looks just the same, which, I don't know, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I don't know, they're so meticulous about their their past and their mythos on this show that, like, to introduce something new that is supposed to be old just felt weird. Yeah, so, <laughs> supposedly, like, the show makes it seem like they have been coming up here every year, they love it, it is the family's yeah. summer place that they go to. Um, um, I have two two quick notes. One, yes. they pull up in front of this cabin, and as they're getting out of the car, there's a giant fence in the background, and I'm like, "Oh, that's where Wilson's gonna show up later." <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah, no, you were surprised. <laughs> I got psyched. I got so psyched. Um, I got psyched. Mm-hmm. The other question I had was, uh, that Lauren was there, like. They get out of the. I mean, Lauren doesn't show up yet, but Randy had makes makes a mention of like, oh, I can't wait to to get together with Lauren, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Where? No, why didn't she ride up with you? <laughs> no, he mentioned in the previous scene that that, Lauren, that he talked to Lauren on the phone, and that her she and her family were already up there, and they were saying, oh, the water's fine, the temperature's great. So I, I you know, I oh. it, it does. So it's established that Lauren is up here too, and they're going to be spending time together. This, to me, raises the bigger question, uh, and I guess it, it comes up more as we meet more characters from the regular show. Is that it seems like everyone from Royal Oak vacations at the same <laughs> patch of lakeside in northern Michigan? Like just everyone goes right there, not even to different campsites, oh but the same campsite. 
Also, I love that. Uh, okay, so the boys start complaining about you know not wanting the bad bed in the mm. the thing, and that becomes up a little bit. But um, Tim starts to complain about the kids complaining and making it hard on him, you know, to have a vacation or relax. And Jill's like, "Hey, calm down. I think Tim. Or I think teens have it a lot harder now." And she launches into this thing about teens having to be more competitive and more peer pressure, all the stuff that they didn't have in their youth. And I'm like, go Jill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when do you see older generations sticking up for younger generations experiences? Never. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, kids today, they have to deal with video phones and pogs. <laughs> uh, and slammers. Yeah. Yeah. They've got, they've got TGI Fridays making them excited for, for Fridays. I, I okay. I I want to make clear. I was not referring to the restaurant TGI Fridays, but instead TGIF Night on ABC. Wait, oh, got it. ABC? Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so now that I've explained my joke, everyone is clearly pissing their pants laughing. <laughs> you um, didn't even explain your joke. You questioned your own joke to yourself, folks. I've done a lot of self reflection since we last recorded, and those reflections <laughs> led me to believe I'm a bad podcaster. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, but so they're having, yeah, so Jill is talking about how it's harder to be a teenager, things move faster, things are more intense, and her fretting is interrupted by Lauren, who arrives in search of Randy, and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, she came over from across the lake on a boat with uh, her, like, one of her friends and her friend's younger sister, and so Tim yells for Brad and Mark that there are girls outside who want to meet them, and all three of the boys come charging out and go off to meet the girls. <laughs> uh yeah and this is the the place where because uh tim makes a joke to lauren that you know could have been funny but he delivers it in a way that is just so loud it's that i thought angry. like it was it was like i couldn't understand what I, I didn't realize he was even making a joke until they like cut to the shot of lauren and tim allen is like cut off in the corner and i could see him smiling uh because he she goes oh is randy here and tim just goes ah damn it I knew he forgot something. He like smacks the wall with his hand. Very Adam Brody in Marriage Story. He's upset. <laughs> yeah, like he like it's a funny bit, but Tim Allen sells it too much. You got to switch yeah. out of drama mode here, dude. Also, I I love the idea of Adam Brody being in Marriage Story. Wait, not Adam Brody. Uh, uh oh, no, 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 Adam Driver. <laughs> like, Adam Driver, OC, who looks like Adrian Brody. Ah, OC. Adrian Brody's not even Adam Brody. I know he's not even Adam Brody, but when I first saw the new Star Wars movie <laughs> with with Adam Driver in it, I thought it was Adrian Brody because, as has been established on this show, I'm stupid and I think every actor is another actor, like how I thought that Susan so Sarandon it, was in Wild America. Okay, at I'm, no point in that thought process did the actual actor Adam Brody enter your head. <laughs> no, no, never, never. This is, again... Folks, the more things change on this show, the older the boys get, the more the theme song changes. I stay as stupid as I was on day one. <laughs> you aren't stupid. No, uh, no, who, Landon. Who remembers Adam Brodery? Bro- Brodery. I can't Brodery. even say his name, so. <laughs> Ad- Adam Broderick from Matthew uh, Broderick's Day Off? Uh, okay, so. Uh, Where did we just go? <laughs> I don't know, Landon. I don't know. I think maybe we're both getting stupider together. Let's Let's go to the lake. Let's go to the lake. We cut to, you know, from the boys running and stampeding out the door to meet these ladies. We cut yes. to the boys and the girls. Do, do we cut? I don't think we cut. Oh, we transitioned somehow. I didn't write down what the transition was. Did you? 
Yeah, I did. It was the weirdest, like, red bird. I don't know. Maybe it, like, flew off of one of the paintings in the background because there's a lot of, like, nature paintings in yeah. this cabin. Uh, but it flew across the f- frame and then, like, started fluttering away into the background of the the next scene. I, I love that I have just started ignoring transitions entirely. I'm glad that we've, I'm glad that we've divvied this up so that you remember what they are. Um, <laughs> they're, but, okay, so we bird transition to the, the boys and the girls floating in a boat, like a rowboat, on an honest-to-God yeah. real actual lake. The, a Jaws style, <laughs> yes. they shot this on an actual yeah. body of water, which is more production value than we had in the theatrical film Wild America where they put them on a soundstage <laughs> in a fake lake to fight a gator. No, I think, well, okay, no, that maybe was a fake that lake. scene. But he was definitely in a real river, a real stream going down that the moose threw him in. Okay, that was a, no, that was a real stream. I'll give you that, but it was a fake lake. This is a real lake. <laughs> I, okay, fair. I, I mean, just it it just adds it makes filming so much harder and more expensive to do it on an actual body of water. And Home Improvement was like, "Fuck it, we're doing it. We're going they, all the way." Got the budge now. They have so much budge. Um, <laughs> so this is just basically like what the dynamic here. I can only describe as uh, uh, the chipmunks and the chipettes. There are there are three. Oh my god. <laughs> You hit that tone right on the nose. I, yeah, exactly. There's there's three boys. There's three girls. They naturally pair off together the way God intended. <laughs> uh, Mark is warming up to one of the girls who seems to like his black clothes, and Brad is talking to one of the girls who is not super thrilled to be hearing everything about Angela. And 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 yep. Randy and Lauren are doing cute boyfriend girlfriend stuff, I guess. <laughs> indeed and meanwhile tim and jill are speeding around in their own boat jill's driving and tim is just like can't can i have a turn and she's like nope <laughs> it looks like fun though yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> i i love the energy jill was bringing to that yeah i love tim be uh, tim being denied anything makes me happy but yeah. especially tim being denied ability to control a motor vehicle is especially good <laughs> Uh, he asks at one point because uh, this is a weird moment that or a we- weird offline that comes up in another scene um, he goes when he gets denied to drive he's like well do you want me to drop my pants and moon cabin four <laughs> and she goes yep <laughs> which I mean I'm glad that then later in the episode we find out that actually happened because I kind of love that like this seems like a very genuine moment of just joy between Tim and Jill of like yeah yeah shenanigans should I moon that guy hell yeah you should moon that guy like I love them having fun <laughs> together like this like her being as much of a kid as him uh but at some point he does take over driving and um as he you know gets out of control he he listen he speeds in a no wake zone he should yes. know better. But Fuck again, you, it's Tim, Tim Taylor. <laughs> but in doing so, he shows why you shouldn't, because he skims the water right next to the boys and the girls' boat, so much so that it tips it over, and all the boys and girls, uh, with all of the actors, not stunt people, but yeah. the actors, yeah, legit, <laughs> doing their own stunt of going into the water. The, the boat flipping, the, the shot of them all jumping into the water, you can see like something at the edge of it. Like it's very much like we, we got one take of this and this is the one. But yeah. they all, th- them leaping out in the boat turning over. <laughs> so, okay, some questions from this sequence. Okay. First question. Do the Taylors 
own this boat. Is this the Taylor's uh, boat? I no, no, the, I think they're renting. The I mean, one that Tim and Jill are anything up there. I mean, I guess they yeah, didn't tow I, anything up there. It's just the boat that Tim and Jill are driving. It's like a beautiful motorboat. Like it's got like oh, yeah. mahogany it paneling. It, if you it, the boats that they're the motorboats they're driving around Venice in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm sorry that I have to be this specific, but that is the kind of boat that it is. And it's like, and even as a kid watching yeah. that movie on Sci-Fi Channel, I was like, that is a beautiful motorboat. And you, it's, A, I'm shocked that you had the same same Landed. experience I did. You wrote down the same thing? No, no, no. That I had that same experience as a child looking oh. at that boat in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in the theater when it uh, when I first saw it. As it gets chopped up by that propeller, I'm like, no, that's a good boat. I know. It's such a nice boat, and it's getting ruined. Like, oh, man. (laughs) Wow. So, A, I'm just shocked that we had that same experience, but B, that you pinpointed yet again in the same scene such a specific uh, thing, because you're right. That boat does give off big uh, Last Crusade energy. Yeah, and it's also just like, I don't know. I didn't think that Tim would have such a nice, like, aesthetically pleasing boat i thought i got another boat notes about tim from later in this episode it's just not the sort of boat i expected tim would go for my (laughs) my other note so there's you know there's all these bits with the boys talking with their respective girls and the you know the girl that that uh mark is talking to likes his dark clothes and randy and lauren want to be alone together brad has been talking to his particular girl and i don't mean to suggest that he possesses her it's just that they are sitting together you you get what i mean folks you know i'm not a misogynist i do get what you mean uh, but he has been talking about Angela so much, <laughs> and this is this is part of why I think that Brad is just so great. He's saying, uh, you know, he he says, you know, he's saying finishing some story about Angela and saying that's why she was so perfect. And the girl sitting with Brad goes, "Well, that's nice to hear, Brad." Again, and Brad goes, "Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm. I've probably been talking about her so much. I don't even know what was so great about Angela." And then the girl says, "Well, as I recall, she was a blonde goddess who cleaned your room and worshipped the ground you walked on." And Brad just goes, <laughs> "You're right. She was awesome." And it's just like, like Zachary Ty Bryan is just nailing this bit. Like Brad, sad, <laughs> sad Brad is my favorite type of Brad because he is so doofy and out there. But also, like, showing this kind of level of depth that even he doesn't seem to know what to do with. And I, I, it is yeah. so funny to me. He's oblivious, and I like it. If you're seeding your argument for your, your MVP of the season in episode one, I will give you props. I, look, look I'm, I'm starting my campaign early. This is, how, look, this, is how, <laughs> this is how any movie wins Best Picture is a sustained PR campaign that starts at the beginning of Oscar season. Well, then I'm going to start my campaign for Mark because this is the second instance in this episode where he has like he he's it's almost like a I would I almost said Phoenix because he's not rising from the ashes. He hasn't even had ashes yet. He has not ascended. But it, it's he's been so contained for six seasons that he's just exploding at the seams. True. And so this is the second instance uh, in this episode so far where he just goes, shut up. <laughs> As Brad keeps going on and on about Angela. Yes, he's fully uh, sick of Brad's bullshit. <laughs> but he's he's like there, man. I mean, he's he doesn't just have his line and then he's out of the episode. Like he's there and you can see there's a character there waiting. And I, I'm so excited to start to get to know him. 
Um, th- this is this is the summer of Mark right here. Like this this season is his time to shine. It might be his time to finally get me to vote for him for MVP. I'm I'm really excited with the amount of material Mark is being given. Like Mark has more to do in this episode alone than he has had in the past two seasons combined. Uh, last note I have is I don't know if you saw that uh, there's six of them in the boat, right? I yes, mean, that's a lot. It's, it's it's pretty packed as it is, but they already had uh, tucked underneath their their seats uh, two different character actor corners. Oh shit! <laughs> you need, we need those think... as flotation devices. <laughs> One of them, I think, is going to really surprise you. But Ooh. I'm going to start with uh, the girl. What's her name? Um, the character name I don't think we actually hear in the episode, but she's listed as Jenny. She's played by Veronica Lauren. She's the one that Brad's talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is an actress, mm-hmm. um, up to 2010, 26 credits, um, going back to LA law in 1989. Ooh. Um, there's an Archie to Riverdale and back again, TV movie. What? What? I gotta see that. <laughs> how, how does that tie in with the current Riverdale? I wonder. <laughs> she was in the, uh. Uh, revitalization, the resurrection, if you will, of Dark Shadows, the TV show, Mm -hmm. um, playing Sarah Collins, so a pretty big role there. Uh, Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Oh! Uh, Among many other things. (laughs) She was on an episode of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. This one's fiction. We made this up. (laughs) Wait, is that the one hosted by uh, by, uh, Jonathan Jonathan Frakes? Jonathan Frakes, yeah. yeah. We invented it. We made it up. It's not true. <laughs> but where was the cowboy? <laughs> Sorry, I watch that clip often. It's a good. Um, it's a very good clip. Jonathan Frakes the, rules. <laughs> the question of the minute is: Was she on an episode of ER? I'm gonna say that she was not on an episode of ER. You are correct. She was I, not on an episode of ER. Guessing blind, folks. Guessing blind. <laughs> she, if she's the person I'm thinking of, there's a. She was in American Pie, and there's a, a scene where there's the choral group together. I don't know if you've seen American Pie. I actually have not. I got. I as oh. as someone who went to band camp every year, that movie got quoted to me a little more than I could handle by non-bandos, and I uh, declared a fatwa. Fair point. In fact, I'm not even going to go into who I think she is because I that would be stupid. Okay, so that's character actor numero uno. I, I shut down that comedy by not having seen enough movies. You're welcome, everybody. That's <laughs> what makes this podcast even, good. It wasn't even comedy. Uh, okay, this is the one that's going to surprise you. Truman, I have a surprise for you. Ooh. I mean, I don't. I mean, she has a surprise for you. And no, I'm no, you're, you you're, you're conveying her. it. I'm it a proxy. Counts. Yeah. I'm a proxy. Proxy price. Uh, I'm not. Okay. The uh, girl playing uh, Aunt, oh God, what, Lauren's sister, mm-hmm. uh, who teams up with Mark, she is an actress by the name of Ashley Pelden. Do you have any reason to believe that name sounds familiar? Ashley Pelden. No, it doesn't sound familiar to me right now, but it, I'm probably going to be smacking my forehead in a minute when you tell me what she's from. <laughs> Would you remember that Lauren is played by an actress by the name of Courtney Pelden? What? <laughs> Could it be that the girl playing Lauren's sister is actually the same actress's sister? 
That is correct. Yes, Ashley Pelden is Courtney Pelden's sister. You love to see it, folks. That is that is naturalism in <laughs> sitcoms. You get siblings of actors to play siblings of characters. Um, okay, okay. It's a family affair. They're parasiting it, getting yeah. the whole family in on the deal. She She's an actress of 51 credits going mm. back to... Uh, the Lemon Sisters, whatever that is. Uh, Guiding Light was her biggest one. Um, yeah. She was also in Drop Dead Fred, playing hmm. young Elizabeth. So um, some interesting credits. She's mostly a voice actress now. Um, Good for Doing her. TV and video games, recently on Marvel's What If, mm. uh, doing additional voices, but also was in the Spider-Man video game, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, you played uh, that. And well, I didn't play the Miles Morales one because uh, oh. my PS4 died on me. God oh no! Uh, but she did. Pl- she was in the first one, and I played that, and I liked that. So I heard her additional voices. <laughs> <laughs> was she on NYPD Blue as an additional voice? <laughs> as an additional voice? No, she was not. Sorry. Uh, Cheers for Fraser as any kind of voice. She started in 1989, uh, even though that. Overlaps a little bit with Cheers. She was not on either of those shows, no. Well, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to have kids show up in a bar, although kids routinely show up in the bar on Cheers, so I <laughs> defeat my own point. I'm going to say no, she was not on ER. She was not on ER. Boom. Take that, Michael Boom. Crichton. Um, <laughs> and I know I said we had a twofer, but uh, we have a third character actor that is uncredited in this episode that I don't think shows up. Hey, did you meet anyone named Ben in this episode? Ben, I don't think so. I don't think I remember I don't Ben. Either. I think we have an I think we have another Eric Sayet situation Ooh, on our hands. Ooh, a ghost character a, actor. A gentleman by the name of Haynes Brook playing a character uncredited named Ben who I don't remember in this episode at all, but he does appear in another episode this season. <laughs> <laughs> playing a character named Ben. You know, it seems like that happens a lot, though, like where we get a character actor who then gets cut out of an episode and then they cast them in another one. It seems as though they feel bad when someone gets cut out of the show and they put them back in later. Th- that happened last season. There was someone who was supposed to be on Totally Tool Time. Eric Sayet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yes, the one you already mentioned. <laughs> uh, speaking of mentioning, let's get back to mentioning what happens in this episode. Uh, let's do it. So after everyone gets swamped out of the boat, we get a quick scene of Tim kind of getting ready to cook dinner for everybody out at a picnic table. He's got a gigantic uh, piece of meat that he's going to grill, and then he is getting ready to light the coals as the family watches, and then everyone sees him about to light the coals, and they all scream and run back indoors, which is a nice <laughs> little My only reference. note here was uh, the size of that steak is problematic. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a, I don't even know what kind of cut of meat that steak is, because it's bigger than the plate that it's on. Uh, <laughs> the, the, my only note from this is that Brad and Randy are talking, and Brad says, you know, he's lamenting, eh? that the girl he was talking who didn't seem to like him. And he said, maybe I talked about Angela too much. And Randy says, you did 20 minutes on how nice her teeth were. And Brad just goes, <laughs> I love to watch her chew, which is just, it's just funny. It's just funny. It's a good line. It's a good bit. It's well delivered by Zachary Ty Bryan. I don't know why I like it so Well, I guess I do know why I like it because it's funny. <laughs> Uh, we get a, as the, the family runs away from Tim lighting a fire, uh, we get a fireman 
hosing down the screen into the next scene where Tim is finally about to reveal his surprise. Uh, he has the, the entire family blindfolded, holding each other's shirts as they walk through the yard of this lodge. Weird, <laughs> weird stuff, but... <laughs> Uh, and he takes them inside and, um, shows them, you know, Hey, you remember this lodge? And they're like, Oh yeah. Uh, and he's like, it hasn't been used in, what did he say? 10 years or so? Yeah. Uh, it's completely trashed. There's crap all over the place. (laughs) That's exactly what she says. He's like, it doesn't look like it has. Yeah. He's like, so here's the big surprise. We're going to buy this place and we're going to move up here. Yep. And none of the kids or Jill are having any of it. Yep. Uh, Randy's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not going to leave. He's like, this is a great place to start a new chapter. He's like, I barely started the other chapter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a great line. Yeah. Uh, all of them are not uh, not having it, and uh, it kind of ends with uh, uh, Tim and Jill left alone, and Jill's like, this is a terrible idea. I just started. I, uh, I'm going to get my degree. Masters, this yeah. se- my master's this season. or this <laughs> Season. They're thinking <laughs> this season year. too, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get my masters this year, and Tim's like, "Well, I thought it all through. We'll buy it. We will move up here next year." Uh, I did all the legwork, and Jill's like, "You didn't consider any of us. This yes. is the dumbest idea you've ever had." Um, and kind of leaves Tim going, "Well, what? What did you? Yeah, it just leaves Tim standing there, scat singing, just scatting, and yeah. What? What did you? Yeah, he's the scat man. So this this scene I like because, t- so Tim's surprise is one of the more selfish and short-sighted myopic things Tim has ever done. This notion yes. of, hey, surprise, I didn't consult you guys at all. I'm going to uproot all of our lives and take us up to this new place and do this whole new thing And because it's something I want to do. And I assume that you guys will love it. And I'm so sure that this is a great idea that you'll love that I didn't tell you about it until now. Um... But so, when he and Jill are, are fighting about this, she sends the boys out so they can have a proper fight about it. And she say, you know, he says, you don't like this idea? And she says, I hate this idea. You didn't consult any of us. You didn't consider our feelings. And Tim says, that's the surprise. And Jill says, the surprise will be the day that you do consider our feelings. <laughs> and this, like earlier I mentioned this. Chef's kiss line. Yeah, chef's yeah. kiss line. This is Jill saying the things that I'm saying. Like, I'm sitting there watching this being like, he didn't consult any of them. He didn't consider their feelings. And then Jill says that out loud. Uh, so, like, t- like this is shitty Tim behavior, but somehow it doesn't, it's not as galling to me because th- here it isn't Jill just kind of, like, softballing back at him. Jill is really taking him to task for obviously stupid shit. Like, she says, yeah. like, he says... Tim goes, I was just trying to do something nice for my family and you don't appreciate it. And Jill goes, any normal person would see why I don't. Which, again, <laughs> it feels like a direct credit to us, the viewers. It's like, yes, Landon and I are normal people. We see why you don't like this, Jill. We are your allies in this situation. So I, I, That's a, Which is an interesting way to frame it, to, to look back on the things that have bothered us in the past. It just goes, what? Well, we are normal people and we're supposed to just assume that this is okay? <laughs> As crazy as Tim's plan is, and as obscenely stupid as it is, I feel like I kind of just give, I don't know, it, this fall, this falls into the kind of Tim that I find acceptable, is like, this is generally just well-intentioned doofus Tim, and I think that that 
the the only reason I'm able to see it that way is because Jill gets him back so hard, and clearly the show has Jill's back. Yeah, absolutely. And but to my earlier point too, I think that it's it's coming from a real place. There is a certain a certain sense of desperation in Tim. Like he yes. is. Yes. I, I get the sense that he is grasping at straws. Like, yes. I don't. So it's easier to to palate in that regard, and like it actually makes me a little sympathetic toward him to to just go, oh, he's he's in a place where like you do irrational things when you don't know how to change your life and get out of a rut. I mean, I've been there for sure. I moved to Wisconsin, <laughs> <laughs> but that was yeah, but that wasn't like a that wasn't like a crazy like I get the point you're making. I just want to defend your move to Wisconsin is like I still feel like. <laughs> Even, even as oh, someone, good, yeah. as even as someone who misses having you living in the same city as me, that was a more sound idea than like. Well, I mean, I didn't have to uproot a family to move here. If you had, if you, I essentially did go by the lodge. If you if you had taken me to Wisconsin, promising a surprise, and then we get to Madison, and you're like, okay, you and I are both gonna move here and keep doing the podcast in this apartment instead of the other one back in L.A. <laughs> that would have been you at Tim levels. Yes. Yes. Um, my so I only had one note for this scene really which is I missed it entirely I didn't watch any of it because there's a big fucking bear in the background oh Landon I'm so I didn't even notice do you think this is one of the one of the bear models from wild America it must be it's just interesting to me because this feel this whole scene feels very much like it they're setting up a backdoor pilot for a like a spinoff of home improvement except it's about all the same characters doing a different thing so I was I was trying to like do the calculation in my head because to bring up a, a note that you had in a previous season, where it's just like you went through the expense of building a whole new set. Yes, <laughs> for one shot, for one yeah, for one scene, and like I was trying to like is this is this the the bar room scene just redecorated? Is it you know did they do another set? Like I was trying to like look at the blueprint of it i'm like is this the hardware store that's just with some walls shifted around but i i, I couldn't pit, get a get a beat on it i feel like it was a whole new set it's it it was because yeah because like looking at it i'm like oh well they wouldn't have introduced this set unless they're going to use it repeatedly throughout i mean mm-hmm. it's dressed so heavily with detritus and different like bits and bobs all over the place it's very i yeah, I mean, I had that same thought, but then I kind of, I, what I just came around to by the end of it was like, nope, this is just the biggest TV show in America. They want to build a whole <laughs> set for one bit. They'll build the set for one bit. There you go. There you go. So, anyway. Must be 1997. <laughs> What's Any, the next scene? Anything's possible. Uh, so, the next scene is uh, Jill is walking along the beach uh, and... Uh, you know, I guess it's supposed to be the next day. I, I don't really get how this... Like, Tim has left the scene, you know, the last scene, upset at Jill. She's wearing different clothes, if that, that supports your theory that it's the next day. I, I guess it is the next day. She finds a massive sandcastle on the beach being built by, you guessed it, Wilson. Uh, I didn't and, guess it. I did not guess that at all. Well, when I... Well, I mean, I saw the massive sandcastle. It was so artistically built, and I thought, Oh shit! This is where we're getting Wilson, isn't it? And then I saw a guy with his face partially obscured. Um, but anyway, she and Wilson talk about. Okay, so Wilson's reason for being here is I guess he got a call late last night that cabin four uh, at the uh, at the lake had opened up because the guy living there had gotten mooned by Tim. Um, yeah, here here are my two two notes here. Yeah, because uh, we've already passed them already. Yeah. Uh, one. Okay, let's talk about Reverend Hicks who checked out because Tim mooned him. Yeah, Reverend Hicks. 
If you checked out of your summer vacation home because somebody mooned you, you are going to have a rough life, man. Yeah, yeah. That's... I, where in the Bible does it say that showing your butt to someone else at a distance <laughs> is so sinful? I mean, really, if you can't... I, I think more people should do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think we need more butts in this world. Yeah. <laughs> you and Dan McCoy agree. I mean, I, if there were, yeah, if there were more mooning in this world, I mean, that's the thing is that is that Reverend Hicks is just too sensitive because he's been coddled and sheltered from mooning his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, never mind. I'm not gonna go further with it. Uh, my other note is um, more of a theory on Wilson. Ooh, okay, I'll take that. And it's it's not a supernatural one. It's not anything. Um, it's more of a psychological one. I think Wilson has dependency issues mm. on Tim. Yeah, yep. I why why would he be here? Why would he be at the Japanese hotel in uh, the Chicago Hope episode? Yes. Why would he be? Why would he just suddenly appear uh, out, out in the woods uh, when they had their Valentines back in season two? Out in uh, you know the the winter woods. Why would he be at Al's cabin? I I think he has dependency issues, and he he needs whatever relationship uh, he has with Tim for some reason. So what you're saying is, why does Wilson suddenly appear every time <laughs> Tim is near? Because yes. like me, they long to be close to Tim. Um, <laughs> it's well, no. It, it, at this point, seeing this, I was a little bit like. Really, Wilson? This seems like stalker territory. <laughs> why does the whole again? Why does the whole town all vacation in the exact same place? Like, why does Wilson? Like, why does the proprietor of these rental cabins have Wilson on speed dial for? Oh, someone's not in there. I, like, I have to let Wilson know, and Wilson's ready to drop everything and drive up there middle of yeah. the night. Like, he has to get to this lake. Is this a magic lake? Does it? Is it the fountain of youth? <laughs> I, I feel like there's another angle you could take on these stories of like the Taylors just kind of like, you know, having dinner late at night and kind of hearing uh, Wilson speak to another neighbor, just, you know, the the lone distance, hidey ho neighbor, and them like, hit the lights, don't say a word. <laughs> like, he's coming, he's always here. <laughs> Wilson's here. There, there, I, there is a horror movie to be had about a killer who you never really see all of his face, and uh, and and he's always just you know he gives you pieces of it, of advice right before he murders you. Um, but basically, in talking in talking with Wilson or in talking with Jill, Wilson tells her that it seems like. It seems like Tim is having a midlife crisis because he relates what Tim has been talking to him about, about how Tim is saying that, oh, I, he wants to be a part-time physicist now and all these mm -hmm. things. And Wilson says that this is probably just Tim coming to grips with his mortality and how every man deals with middle age in his own way. And then as if to drive this home, we see Tim go speedboating past in like a <laughs> gigantic powerboat, different from the one they were driving earlier, and just yeah. going, woo! or something like that i my big question is how many boats did this fucking family rent for their vacation i i mean i don't know where... well it's the the last one probably wasn't available two days in a row they probably just go and say what do you have in the marina cool give me the fastest one you have i god must be nice to be a single income family with that much money to set on fire for <laughs> boat rentals 
Um, well, you don't know. I mean, we only saw one episode, but Jill might have many different ants bequeathing her money upon their death. <laughs> yes, Jill has hundreds of ants, every one of them giving her $50,000 uh, <laughs> per death. And and you, you can only buy so many Austin Healy's before it comes time to get some uh, aquatic power boats. Aqu- or and aquatic I'm not, not going to get too... I don't think I get too dark with it, but, you know, her dad did just die. I'm sure she got a little bit of something for that. Yeah, that's true. Jesus. Well, you didn't want to get too dark with it, and yet here we are. I, I did, again, it, it, it seems like the, le- like, it's one thing when Jill's aunt dies and says you have to spend this money on something frivolous and she gets a British sports car. Okay, Jill's yeah. dad dies, seemingly no strings attached to the money, and still Jill is like, I'm going to buy two boats, Tim. That's what I want most is two boats. <laughs> <laughs> not one boat that won't well, be enough and, boats and she didn't let him drive it either just like the healing true 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 at least this time tim respected no actually no tim did start driving the boat so yeah he didn't respect yes. her wishes either time uh so yeah but so the the takeaway from this conversation is that tim is having a midlife crisis um yes and, and we you- get a cutaway i don't know if it's worth mentioning but Uh, As Tim's driving the boat, we kind of leave the conversation from Jill and Wilson, and we see Randy and Lauren back making out hardcore on um, the little boat. And then Mark and uh, um, Jenny, no, not Jenny, Diane is her name. I also didn't get- Oh, Diane. There's a character named Diane on this that I didn't know? Oh, God, how could I mess that up? (laughs) That's Lauren's sister's name, Uh, Diane. So Mark and Diane <laughs> are like sneaking up on Randy and uh, Lauren making out of the boat and interrupt them. And it seems like Mark and Diane are having a, a little adventure of their own. I, I'm not even going to put it past the fact that they might have been making out right there in the water. Yeah. Making out in the in the shallow water. Like, yeah, it, you know, it makes it less creepy for them to be spying on uh, Randy and Lauren making out if they were making out first. Like, if they, if they both just happen to be accidentally making out in the same area, that makes this whole thing a little less sus. Okay. We go from the boats to back to the beach. Uh, Wilson's gone Jill has expanded on this sandcastle. <laughs> yeah, w- Wilson Wilson has been spending all this time on this beautiful sandcastle and just abandons it to a new creator. I don't understand this man at all. <laughs> uh, and Brad comes over to, to Jill and starts uh, starts bitching and moaning about um, Angela. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, Jill tells him that, you know, you're probably going to meet other people in your life. That's, you know, that's... Uh, uh, th- that's just kind of a natural thing is that, that this will happen, you know, this will happen a few times, but then eventually you'll find your true love just like I did. And then Tim walks up yeah. holding a bucket and says, I'm back and I got crabs. <laughs> I just found that line so, so audacious. It was good. I, it was good. They, they, I love them taking a little bit of risk here seven seasons in. Yeah, I mean, you could you could tell they're swinging their power there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so Tim is, you know, Brad heads off, and Tim and Jill are talking, and Tim is still snippy and mad at Jill, despite like having slept on it. He's still just just so upset that she doesn't want to uproot her entire life. But mm-hmm. they uh, talk, and Jill kind of explains about what a midlife crisis is, and that she thinks Tim is having one, and empathizes well, with she him. She apologizes. She, yeah, she apologizes by saying, "I shouldn't have dismissed you, you know your your. This is obviously important to you, and I shouldn't have dismissed that out of hand." Yeah, which I thought was 
great. My my big note here was like it was fantastic to see Jill apologize for something very specific, but not sacrifice her own feelings and still be able to you know she doesn't back down she apologizes but doesn't back down she she does a very good job therapist style of validating tim's feelings (laughs) and acknowledging that he you know uh, that that his yeah validating his feelings and acknowledging that his feelings are valid you know the the same thing stated two different ways chew up that clock truman (laughs) but she yeah she she makes tim feel seen and recognized but then at the same time says it's still a dumb idea and we're not going to do it but i want to talk about why you're feeling this way and tim kind of starts talking about how it's been a tough time for him lately and you know the boys are growing up and jill's got this new job and it just feels like tim is staying in place and everybody's moving on and that's why he wants to you know wipe the slate clean and start over uh, he does tease us a little bit by saying, you know, I'm, I feel like it's time for a change. You know, maybe I could uh, finish up the season and then hand, hand the tool belt over to Al. <sighs> like, oh why God. would you even toy with the idea if you're not going to show us that? Yeah, it's 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 very much it's it's very much the the uh, meme of Kevin Garnett in uh, in Uncut Gems going, why would you show it to me if I can't have it? Like, I don't. <laughs> Don't make me think, like, is that how, now I'm thinking, like, is that going to be the last episode of of the show? Is him handing the tool belt off to Al so Al can host? Like, what? Don't get your hopes up. No, I I, I guess I won't. Um, Uh, There's one little thing that's happening in this scene that they don't draw attention to it, but it was just a nice bit of business. Like, I could see that Tim Allen was, like, you know, he's done a few movies at this point, and, like, I think he's just, like, beefing up his acting chops mm-hmm. and working with his you know fellow actors and there's this bit of business between Jill and Tim where as they're having this serious conversation Jill's like slowly brushing sand off the top of the sandcastle and Tim kind of pokes his finger in and tries to dig some sand out and she shoes his hand away yeah. <laughs> and he you know so then he stops and they continue the conversation and then she kind of circles around the castle as they're continuing this talk and Tim puts his hand back in the castle to grab some more sand and she grabs his hand away from it <laughs> and takes him you know kind of into the foreground to finish the conversation it's not made a thing but the fact that there's this whole subtext of don't fucking ruin the sand castle <laughs> I did not it was fantastic I did not notice that but I I love that that's some beautiful Patricia Richardson and Tim Allen business that's two people who've been doing the same job for the, the better part of a decade uh, getting just real good at it. Yeah, yes. Um, and so they kind of leave this conversation uh, with, like, Tim going, I, you know what, I'll find a way to get through this. You know, it's not as bad as it sounds, and, you know, as long as we can leave a few possibilities open, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get through it. And so, yeah. Cool, I could do that. Yeah, and, and Joel pledges to help him with it. I, I do find it a bit weird that he says he still wants to keep the option of buying a lodge and moving his entire family north. <laughs> open i find Did, that a didn't bit they say that about babies though too i yeah you know you're right you're right and 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 look where that oh wait you mean in terms of having a fourth child they were keeping that option open didn't they i mean right before the vasectomy episode like i feel like before tim got a vasectomy there was an episode yeah, where so... jill was kind of thinking about it he's like do we have to shut the door and put al's mom in front of it like that was the whole thing wasn't it <laughs> yeah no i think that was the beginning of season three or four but yeah that i that episode was called maybe baby uh, ugh, God, 
flashing back hard. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, so I guess in the same way that like in the same way that they left the door open to another baby but closed the door forever. I maybe maybe that's the same kind of leaving the door open they're doing here. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, and also maybe worth mentioning that uh, as Tim is kind of coming to terms with this and confronting this is kind of philosophical bent kind of melts away. I mean, we we glazed over the fact that Wilson <laughs> says that Tim wanted to become a part-time physicist <laughs> and it's brought back up in this uh scene and chills like when she's trying to prove to him you want to you're having a midlife crisis and he's like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "You want to become a part-time physicist?" Yeah. <laughs> and he, or you want to become a physicist? And he's like, "It was part-time." <laughs> it was like it was like he was going to work on solving the mysteries of the universe. Mondays, Wednesdays, and every other Friday, or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and honestly, complaint about the episode. I would like just a little more detail on, like, wait, why did Tim choose physics? Can we, can we get a, a like? I would like a little deeper of an idea about what Tim <laughs> thinks being a physicist is and why he chose that one. Because I'm sure there's some comedy yeah. there. Um, maybe we'll get it in future episodes. But uh, we only have one more scene to go through here. Uh, we cut to a commercial comeback for our stinger, which is Tim and Jill sitting on the shore, uh, throwing rocks into the the ocean, and just well, it's a lake, I shit. think. But yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to mich. Well, I don't want to Michigan explain to you. I mean, you you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's one of the Great Lakes, I, although it's never specified. Maybe maybe they went over to the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, I mean, I you know, with how fast Tim drives, I guess that would be possible. Well, no, technically, this is probably, unless they went up to, like, uh, what's that big lake um, in Nevada, the California-Nevada border? Oh, lake Tahoe? Havasu? Oh, I mean, there's, there's, there's Havasu, be. Tahoe, yeah, I mean, that one of those. It could have been shot at one of those. Otherwise, it, it could easily have been shot on the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, I guess it's just, a, I don't know, it doesn't look Atlantic Ocean, be- it doesn't look like a California beach that they're on. But I, I, yeah, That's true. Yeah, there's, you don't get a lot of pebbly beaches, at least not in the LA area. Yeah, and the waves, are there aren't like big ocean type waves. I don't know. I mean, but fuck that. I've never, I've never seen a Great Lake. I get, or I guess I have seen a couple Great Lakes, but not in this context. I don't know from lakes. You would know better than me. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, Okay, and so they're they're talking there, and as they're talking, uh, what's that? They get up to to leave, and Jill's like, "What's that smell? It smells good." Um, and like we someone's see in cooking. The distance, <laughs> we see in the distance a shooting star, a spaceship. No, it's the Benford Barbecue as it comes crash landing into the water, smoke arising, and uh, the Benford Barbecue lid starts floating. Yep. Yep. It it you know what? It's uh it imprinted on Tim. It thinks Tim is its daddy and it found its way back to him after some time in the cold outer reaches of space. <laughs> how, how many miles do you think that thing traveled? I don't know. I mean, probably 191,000 miles. And that's not even if you're wondering at home is that a joke? Nope. I just pulled a number out of my head cuz I don't know uh the math of uh, how many miles you'd travel if you orbit the earth <laughs> oh my god we get some outtakes heidi loses her tool belt yeah, that's pretty good um, that's a good start randy. to the good start to season seven <laughs> randy and lauren are making out and no one uh, interrupts them uh, they start laughing yeah and tim flubs a line so those are our outtakes and that takes us to the end of this long episode as, as though we have any short episodes 
baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's our episode. Grunt work. <gasps> well, Zero. Random. Well, yeah, what do you think? How many grunts? I, I already answered. It was, wait, wait, I didn't hear you answer because I was blabbering over you. Oh, I said zero. Yeah, correct. Zero. In an episode where Tim talks about grilling a lot, like, I was ready. I was two different boats. D- multiple boats, talks about grilling, shoots a barbecue into space. He doesn't groan, he doesn't grunt, he doesn't grunt a single time. It's shocking. I was poised and it ready. Is. Like, the signals that I... You know, there are times when I'm watching and I'm not even thinking about recording grunts and then I hear him talking about something. I can hear it in his voice and I can sense it and I'm ready and I record it and he grunts. I was getting those signals this time, but then he wasn't grunting. It's the damnedest thing in the world. <laughs> it's it's so damned. It's the absolute damnedest thing. Village of the Damned, it's about Tim Allen grunting less in the seventh season of Home Improvement. Oh, Niche subject man. matter, that movie. Um... You know, it was interesting uh, to me when the barbecue got shot into space. Yeah. Would you say that that barbecue was set free? Or do you think because it's owned by Benford that it is uh, more condemned? Would I say that it was liberated? Would I say that it slipped the burly, the surly bonds of Earth? Let free, liberated or constrained, <laughs> emancipated from the earth. Uh, do you, okay? Do you think the barbecue was condemned to be free? Condemned to be free. <laughs> You're probably trying to send me some music reference that I'm not picking up on right now. Uh, oh, hell, the heaven! Secret, <laughs> the secret word for this episode was Sartre. Sartre. Oh yeah. Yeah, I this is my next one, Landon. Great, great. It was a, it was a philosophical episode. <laughs> As much to go, you said to go with Sartre. It was that or Ubermensch. <laughs> I would have been closer to Ubermensch. I'm gonna be honest. I know I know more about that than the other. You know, just because I talk about Fraser all the time and base my concept of masculinity off of Fraser does not mean that I am Fraser. I did not go to a good college or learn anything, so I can't actually. Bust out a Sartre reference. Oh. Well, you know what? I had to step up the game a little bit so that we didn't get it on the first episode, but... Mission complete. I tried to to get you there. Yeah, no, you you didn't try to get me, Landon. You did get me. You effectively got me. (laughs) I wasn't trying to underestimate your intelligence by by giving you a, a easy answer. Well, I mean, you usually underesting, uh, underestimating my intelligence is usually the proper bet to make. Let me just let me just give you that tip for the future. <sighs> oh, let's end the first episode of season seven, shall we? Let's do it. Grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create this show, become an official grunthead over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod or rate us on whatever place you listen to your podcasts um it's goes a long way to help other people find the show can you tell i'm rusty (laughs) (laughs) you're fresh though you're fresh this is new stop by and say hi to us on twitter or instagram at gruntworkpod or visit our website at http colon slash slash www.gruntworkpodcast.com <laughs> Where you can also <laughs> you can 
have to edit this part out. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to leave it in. I like it when people laugh at my jokes. I don't. It's. <laughs> when I go into internet dial-up laugh, it's not good for anybody. <laughs> I mean, it, do, it does feel like I'm about to go to Newgrounds.com right now in a few minutes once everything gets, gets connected. <laughs> Where you can also see information on today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. <laughs> Until next time, when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. <laughs> and remember, if you're looking for a way to light your barbecue that won't shoot it into space, might I recommend sweet, clean-burning propane? Uh-huh.